myself, I ain't heard nobody act a fool It's whatever today, enjoy yourself but you still got a pack or two I'm just drinking what I wanna drink, roll exotic when I wanna smoke Fuck a bad bitch if she wanna go, I swear the shy is so wonderful No lie, yeah. no Dangerous city, Chicago Windy city is so chilly Where niggas can't even party They'll shoot it up if it's litty Know what we think when the weatherman say it's 60 Ain't even made it to spring But niggas loading they blickies I just pray that they jam like click clickety clicky I normally hear shots Sirens ain't doing 50 Something about today a little diffy Finished up watching power Then took the whip for a shower I might as well hit the gym While I'm out and live for an hour Too late to go to the jeweler Them diamonds I gotta scour Fresher than mama garden no Alright, so we started the show right You know We started the show right We here So, you know I know who I gotta scream at When I'm done with this live But anywho I got a special guest again Y'all saw it The flyer This is for my own manager his name is Leonard Croft. Um, I got a nice interview set for him. And, you know, we're going to get right into it and we're going to talk about it. Um, this episode is called Manage Me. See, I was trying to keep it on one, you know, the one-liners, but that didn't help. So basically, that's that's what I got working on. So here we go. Um, I'm going to get uh, my, my guest on and um, we're going to call him uh, right now. You may hear a brief silence. Yes, yes. Leonard Croft. That's it. That's it. That's what it is. That's me all day. So, so for the people, so let me just say this. First of all, for people that claim that I'm I'm a fraud or, or I'm not, you know, a manager, etc. First of all, if you're a fraud, you're not gonna use your real name. That's the first thing. <laughs> I, I'd be kind of stupid. Um. And second of all, like I said, um, we're going to start off by me just saying that for some reason, people think, people's team seems to basically want to credit you based on your numbers on social media, um, your likes, your follows, etc. Right. And to me, that's, that's, so, that's really, really ridiculous simply because, as we know, you could buy that blue dot, you know what I mean? Yeah, you could purchase that. You can also purchase followers, like we all know. So, for me, I'd rather have a thousand organic followers than ten thousand as on unorganic. For me, me as a manager, I base that based on my experience in the industry, my work. Um, you know, if you want, if anybody wants, want actually want me to present, uh, um. Well, they say like when you go for a job interview, they ask, they ask you, um, they want people that that can actually, they could actually hit up and, you know, just to find out who you are, your character, all these different things. Um, that that's all can be done. So I just wanted to start off by saying that because I've had a lot of a lot of stupidity where people tend to feel like because you don't have a crazy number of followers that oh well you're not you're not you're not big or you're not you know. Whatever the case might be, yeah. All they all um, they care about is the the numbers. They only they they only care about numbers, and and that's all they see to to pretty much calculate if you're popping or not. Right, exactly. They don't care about your resume. 
they don't care about you, the real work that you have done in the industry or the real contacts that you have. Um, so there's no way for you to know that unless you really know that person's resume. So that's really stupid, but it is what it is. So, so yeah. Why, so why do you go. why do you think that is though? Why why do people um base you know if they should rock with you? Why do, why do you think they base that on a number? Well, I think because social media got people feeling like the more numbers you have, that means the bigger you are, the more successful you are. Um, so if somebody has a hundred thousand followers versus somebody that has ten thousand. The average person is going to tend to feel that person has 100,000. Well, they got, they're bigger in the industry or they're doing more or whatever the case might be, which is not not necessarily so. That person with 10,000 followers could could really be 100 times more legit because you could buy followers. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't buy experience. You can't buy knowledge. But you can buy followers. And we all know that. The industry knows that. So I don't care about numbers, you know, I care about my experience and my knowledge. Hmm. And that's really why I'm here on the show today. Like, like me and you talk all the time and, you know, I talk to you all the time about you know, how many artists, people that have come across and they, they, they doing music, but they don't understand the business of music, you know, because hmm. it's music, but it's still a business. And a lot of people just don't, a lot of artists just don't know. Uh, they don't have people around them that's teaching them the business about the business, so that's a big part of the reason why I even I even decided to come on the show because, you know, I believe in giving back. I believe that knowledge is something that, you know, that's priceless. You know. So let's start from the beginning. What made you want to get into artist management and model management? Like, what did you what did you actually start first? Well, actually, uh, I mean, I started in the industry as a DJ, honestly. Um, mm. And after doing that for a while, me and my partners at the time, uh, one of them was a musician, the other one was a DJ as well. Me and him were DJ partners. And, you know, so we basically decided we wanted to do music. We wanted to do production. So none of us were singers. Um, I played drums. My other partner was a DJ and... My, uh, the other gentleman in, in, in the production, he was actually the only musician. He, I mean, the real musician. He played keyboards, you know, piano, et cetera. So we started doing production. And while we were doing production, we was like basically like, all right, well, now we got to shop this music. Now we got to. And I guess I was the one always that stepped out of the circle when it came to the business. So I started figuring out like, okay, well, how do you go about, you know, creating in a production company. So then I had to I had to really learn everything on my own and figure out that I had to, you know, first we had to create a production company. I had to go and get um, the business side done. At the time, we, we couldn't afford to do the LLC, so we just did it as a, really as a DBA, you know, just went down, got to the courts, got the business certificates. And then the next step was then, now you got to get your publishing. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned about ASCAP and BMI, etc. Now, at the time, most producers would be on the ASCAP, and most songwriters would be on the BMI. So, you know, at that time, it was you know you couldn't just go online and, and create your publishing. So, I had to physically go to Manhattan, go to the city, go to the ASCAP building, and basically set up you know the ASCAP for the production company. 
And this Once is this is down, way before the era of streaming, guys. This is this is how it was done. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it was it was all manual. I had to, you know, we had to I had to pick out three names for the production company just to, just in case the first name or the second name didn't clear. And then once that was done, then I had to wait till we put out our first record. So basically, they hold a, uh, the account is the production your account your ASCAP is in like like is in like an escrow until you you know your first record is published. So once once we actually got our first record published, then my the ASCAP became official and we started doing music. We started doing record deals. So I was the one that basically handled all the contracts, all the negotiations. Um, licensings, etc. So I became more of the manager in the production company. Mm. And as time went on, you know, we was putting out records and so forth and so on. Then I decided, you know, I wanted to really start representing artists, so things of that nature. So I then started learning about contracts. I started, you know, studying management contracts. And I noticed that I was able to read contracts as well as most entertainment lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, and I felt like I was a people person. I felt like, you know, like most people that I met always wanted to work with me. So I decided that, you know what, I'm going to start doing management. So I started by managing our production company. And then from there, I started going into managing artists. Then, then I had a partner, a gentleman by the name of Randall. And we started a management company together. And at that time, this was when you could have really walked, you could have really gone into record companies and sit down and actually shop artists. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't no big, it, didn't, it wasn't like, oh, you got to have, you know, 500,000 followers and Instagram and, you know, all this. It was more like, yeah, you know, you went in there, you sat down with the A&R or, you know, even the executive. And you and they listen. You play. You know they listen to the music, and then they will like either let you know there, then and there, or they will hit you, and let you know like yeah, we're interested or we're not interested. And that's basically how I started. You know, and then me and my partner, we were shopping records with like all the majors. We was you know pretty much at the time, and we was doing. We were sitting down in meetings. I mean, you know, we were sitting in there executives, um, from A and to executives, and that's how I started going into management more, and then I started managing my own individual artists. Um, so even for like people that, you know, when they want to question your your work, I'm like, you can't do that if you don't know somebody's resume. Yeah. You know, I work, you know, I've had, I had two brothers, my own blood brothers that was, that's actually was artists in the industry. I had one of my brothers, he went by the, he went by the name of Hot Buchanan. He was part of a group called he was part of a, um, a group called the Council. You know, had a big they had a big single out called Bananas and We on Top of Things. Funkmaster Flex used to go crazy with the record. Sylvia Rome, for those of you who really know about the music industry, you should know who Sylvia Rome is. One of the biggest executives ever in the in the industry. Um, and at the time, Sylvia Rome had heard them and she wanted to sign them, but she was in the process of leaving. Electra and she was going over to Universal at the time. And then, of course, you know, um, being young and just not knowing certain things and, you know, just being in a hurry, they didn't want to wait, you know. And so they ended up actually signing um, 
with Tommy Boy Records. I'm sure everybody knows Tommy Boy Records from Naughty by Nature and certain groups. And they signed to, uh, to Tommy Boy. And then what happened was Tommy Boy, you know, like a lot of artists don't understand, sometimes you could get signed and then you end up being sitting on a shelf. Yeah, so, like they're, they're they're like a, they had signed, a they shelf. Had they're they're shelled artists. They 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 just yeah. They had signed. Well, right. What happened is that they had signed Capone and Noriega right right on the same time. And being that they was already popping artists, they kind of started pushing them first. So being that the group, they young Brooklyn cats, they they ain't trying to hear that. So they went up to Tommy Boy, and it was like a big thing. Like yo, you need to put us out, or, or we want we want off the label, et cetera, et cetera. So make a long story short, that's how, you know, I started moving as far as as a manager. Um, my other brother, um, DiBiase, um, he had a big record with him, Jazzo, and Jay Z called "Let's Go." Mm. You can Google the record. You know, everybody say to still say today, my brother killed Jay and Jazzo on that record. <laughs> you know, no disrespect to no one. That's the but, legend. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you go listen to the record for yourself. But, and um, as everybody knows, Jazzo and Jay-Z had fell out. So that was around the time when um, the single the single was popping and Jay didn't do the video because him and Jazz had fell out. And so Jazz and my brother, DiBiase, did the, the video. Of course, he didn't have, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, even though because obviously Jay was the hottest artist at the time, you know, so... And that's how I merged into the whole, you know, artist thing, managing artists. I've been, like I say, when I call myself a manager, it's not based on well because I'm, you know, I'm rich or, you know, because I'm not rich. Um, I've had a lot of people. I had a lot of situations. A lot of people did me dirty in the game. A lot of things that I should have gotten, I didn't get. You know, and you live and you learn. It's part of the game. Which is which is very common. I said yeah, which which is very common. Like you know. Well, like what? Yeah, yeah, it is. But what one thing that I've learned is that what people can never cheat you out of is knowledge. You know, they could cheat you out of money, they could cheat you out of um, percentages, or they could cheat you out of, you know, credit. But they can't, they can't cheat you out of knowledge. And I feel that's the thing that I gained, you know, from being in the industry and being a manager, working with artists, shopping artists, um, you know, and for me. I think that's really, you know, that's really defines, you know, me and defines my career. Not so much, well, okay, am I, did I get rich or not? But it was more so just the knowledge and just knowing the business and learning so much about the business uh, and so on. And I then went on to that from, from artistry and so forth. One of my brothers actually became a really somewhat of a big model because you know it was one of those things where we just did a photo shoot went to the city to a bunch of agencies dropped off his photos and we started getting crazy calls you know my brother actually you know and at the time we was a little young cats so we didn't know the game so you know we was learning as we going along and you know he was so sought after because this was at the, a point where like dark being a, being like dark skin male models after tyson beckford <laughs> that whole dark skin male model thing became a, became crazy, especially if you was dark skin, you had high cheekbones, and you know they was going crazy. So my brother, you know, my brother at the time, you know, I think he was, you know, he, um, you know, being young, but he had a developed body. So 
they went crazy over him. I mean, we, he did videos for like um, at the time for uh, um, uh, Jermaine Dupree when Jermaine Dupree had his label. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was in all type of magazines. He had like you know full spreads in magazines, and it was one of those things where you know we was going to all these parties and we were just seeing a lot of things that we didn't understand. You know, dudes coming out of Brooklyn. You know, it was just it was just a lot for us. You know, at that young age, and then he just decided he didn't want to model anymore, and he went to college, and so forth. And then I just continued. And that's how I first stepped into the whole modeling situation. Um, what, like, which I do you just working with various models? Which do you prefer more? Do you prefer more of, like, let's say as as far as the type of clientele, do you prefer artists over models or models over artists? Oh, uh, it's not even so much. I mean, music. Music has always been my first, my first love. So, you know, what I mean, it's, music has always been. I just love managing artists because I love working with the artists and seeing them develop, seeing them grow, and then watching. I've, I've, I've done thousands, of, probably not thousands, but hundreds of showcases. I used to do showcases all over New York, all over, you know, and just watching the, your artists on stage performing and just watching the people getting into it, you know, that's like to me the biggest satisfaction. So for me, I would say definitely music over the whole model situation. The model thing is just something that I I came into it, and as a business person, you know, I just felt like, and that's all stemming from my brother Joe. That was just something that that because I got a taste of it, you know, I got involved with it. But music is definitely my 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 you know my priority in in that sense. Well. See, because I used to, you know, everybody knows that that when I grew up in this business, I became a manager and I did a lot of things so horribly wrong because I was just literally winging it and just, you know, didn't have any sense of direction or anything. And I think because of um, managers that I would say that they are still new, they're still learning, et cetera, et cetera. Damn, that that damn heat. (laughs) It's like, fuck you, Biggs. (laughs) Anywho, thank God for noise gates and shit. Um, So why do you think like, because there's a big stigma that that's out now where, you know, a bunch of artists are are congregating together and saying, you know, we don't need management. What would you say is, you know, because we all know, like, you know, one of the major things is that the misconceptions that come out with management is that, you know, managers for some reason seem to think like they have to do shit that's not managerial shit like they're booking you know studio time they're booking you know it's just not in their their description can right, you right. please explain to these artists like there's so many different types of managers um right well and models too if they're tuned in what what how many yeah. different types of managers are there and and what are their roles well the three main the three main management roles especially especially the artist is personal manager road manager and a business manager. Mm-hmm. A personal manager is usually someone like me who work with the artists on the on the bottom level, help develop the artists, um, you know, help you to get to the point where, you know, get you, your music, your artistry, everything to a point where now we can talk about, you know, stepping to record labels or people, you know, on the, on the next level. Um, and you, as a personal manager, you deal with that person every day. That's why it's called personal management. You're dealing with them on a daily basis with their career. Right. Road manager, 
basically somebody that you bring into the picture. Once the artist got a deal, the artist is, is you know is successful. They're making money, and now they they're touring, they're traveling. Because normally what happens, your personal manager is really all three of those people in the beginning. Because right. most artists that's coming up, you don't have any money, you have no budget, so you can't afford to have you know three different management. So your personal manager always always pretty much has to carry you. You wear several hats. Right. Um, because me as a personal manager, even now I go on the road, you know, like I, I manage, um, Surat boy, um, T-Shawn 570, he's official Surat boy DJ. And I, sometimes I'll travel with him on the road, you know, doing road management, even though I'm a personal manager, but I, over the years I've done so much road management that I'm also, I can be a road manager for, for someone, you know, but I just happen to be a personal manager that that's also capable of doing road management. Business management is usually an attorney, an accountant, someone on that level. Because the business manager's job is to really help you once you're a successful artist and you're making money, help you invest your money, help to you know teach you and show you ways to take your money and turn it into a into a businesses, not just go out there and buy a bunch of cars and you know, nonsense like that, but really invest. What, no gold teeth? No, no, no. I can't put a, I can't put a Cadillac on my teeth. And and so on. (laughs) So a good business manager really helps you in investment situations and stuff like that. So this way, you know, you're really securing your money. You're investing your money. So those are three main roles in in regards to management. Um, Once you're successful, then yes, most likely you would need all three of those situations. But in the beginning of your career, you know, your personal manager really plays your personal manager and plays your road manager and somewhat your business manager to a certain degree. Um, and that's really the thing. So, so for me, and I've been hearing this for years, you know, it's not just now, a lot of art, a lot of artists will go, Oh man, I don't really need a manager. Because, you know, a lot of artists feels that, well, I go in the studio, I pay for studio time, I record my music, and now, especially now, where you can just upload the music to all these different platforms, they feel like, well, I don't need, I don't really need a manager. First reason that you really need a manager is because when you go, when you get to the next level, when you start shopping your music, you start going to record labels, first of all, it's a conflict of interest. And for, if Sony Records is interested in signing you, mm-hmm. Sony Records cannot sit with you by yourself and have meetings if they're trying to, trying to sign you. That's a conflict of interest. So your manager, they don't even want to see the artist until they're ready to talk about signing contracts. So your manager is your representative. That's who sits in these meetings. And when Sony presents those, those contracts, then you, your manager... And your lawyer, then you get your, then that's when you go out as an artist and then you get an entertainment lawyer. And that entertainment lawyer is going to then negotiate the contract. You know, so your business, your manager and the lawyer is who's going to work on that, you know, with you on, on trying to make sure you're getting a good deal in that contract um, as far as that. So that alone tells you at some point in time, yes, you could start out your career on your own. But at some point in time, you have to implement management because 
And when I say that, don't mean just don't go out and grab somebody because, oh, that's my uncle and I trust him. So he's my <laughs> manager. You know what I mean? Which is what you find a lot. Like, you know, and I understand because a lot of manage, management comes with trust and a lot of a lot of artists, you know, they trust their uncles or aunties or moms or whoever to have their back. Even though sometimes your old family will do you dirty. We all know that. Well, so yeah, most 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 of the time, right? most right. <laughs> most of the time, so, they'll 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 put a freaking life insurance policy on your ass and cash in. Right. So, but the key thing is to at least find someone that at least some have somewhat knowledge of the industry of the the music business. But you need that because record executives, like I'll give you an example. I um about I think it was like two maybe two years ago, I had a meeting for a female artist I was working with at the time. And uh, to a good friend of mine that, that was an engineer at Sony, I had the opportunity to have a meeting with, at Sony. Sony's one of the hardest record companies to talk about getting getting a meeting with. And I was able to get the meeting at the time it was with um, the senior vice president of Sony, who actually the one that signed J. Cole. Mm. Um, and I had a meeting with him and it's, you know it was funny because he was eating lunch you know, he's eating his sandwich, you know, whatever. And he's playing, he was a female artist and he's playing her stuff. Mm. And, you know, and then he critiqued it. And then he was like, look, you know, she's dope. You know, she's a good artist, but she just needs to do this. She just needs to do that, et cetera, et cetera. And it was cool, but it was just the fact that to say I sat in Sony Records with the senior VP and had a meeting, it's not many people that could say that. So for me, management is something where at some point in time, you need it, but make sure it's somebody that at least is knowledgeable of what they're doing, is knowledgeable of the business. The second reason why artists needs management, because I see this every day. You know what I mean? Every time I, I, I come across an artist that's interested in working with me, I'm, or I'm interested in working with them, the first things I do outside of listening to you, the music is ask you about your business. Right. And I would say out of maybe 50 artists that I've had that, that question with, I would say at least 40 of them didn't have their business right. That's crazy. Especially and they're, and they're just now. They're just dropping I mean, music. They're, they're just dropping music anywhere. They're just like putting everything on copywritten. You know, no, no, like, I'm not going to put call them names, but I, I met a, a female artist, a very talented, incredible she had music out, music mm -hmm. out, whatever, on, you know, on, on, on platforms. Had no copy, nothing copywritten. She had mm -hmm. no publishing. And she didn't even know what copywriting was. She didn't even know what publishing was. So I'm like, how are you going to a studio? First of all, if, as artists, y'all got to understand. If you're going into if you're going to a real recording, professional recording studio, industry studio, nine out of ten, somebody there is gonna tell you, it's gonna these questions is gonna is gonna come to you. Um another thing, which is what most artists, you know, you ask artists today, they got music out over oh, this producer, that producer. Do you have do you, did you do split sheets? Mm. What's that? What's that? What's that? Like yeah, they don't know what that is. <laughs> you got music out on the pl on platforms with producers. Now, if you're not, if you didn't buy the rights to that music from the producer, that means you don't own the rights to the music. That means 
you if you wrote the song, you wrote that you you own one hundred percent of the writing of the lyrics. Yeah, but not the but entire. But the producer owns one hundred percent the writing of the music. Yeah, just not the. the they don't the own the the, the composition. Huh? Right. The whole purpose of the split sheet is so that if you mean you go into the studio, I'm the producer, you the artist. I produced the track, you sang on the track. Now we do the split sheet. That's breaking down the publisher. So I own 100%, you own 100%. On the split sheet, it becomes 50-50 now. And that split sheet, if Love and Hip Hop hits me tomorrow and say, and hits, and say yeah, we want to license your song to be on Love and Hip Hop. If you don't have that publishing stipulated, showing who owns the, the publishing and what, how, whatever, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do, they're not gonna do that licensing deal with you. Yeah, because your you, business they is need not right, they can, Yeah, they need all of that to, in order to proceed. Yeah, and not just that, but to protect themselves. Because I'm gonna give you a quick example. I used to work for a distribution company, mm-hmm. and we owned B-Boy Records. Uh, the, you know, the the CEO, the CEO owned it, owned that he the label, the label that Boogie Down Productions, um, Chaos One, and they, they, when they first came out, he owned that label. He was still selling the vinyl off of the, from those, those songs. Wow. Bad Boy Records, at the time, Total, Bad Boy Records did a single using a record that Boogie Down Productions did. Um, rest in peace, um, Scott LaRock. Let me first say that. Mm-hmm. Um, we sitting in, in the um, sitting in the office one day, because I was, I, I, was tr- I was like the director of sales. I was selling the record all over the world. So we're sitting in the office one day, and you know, this is how the DJs have that lunch mix or whatever. And we hear the record come on. And it's like, is it their beat, their track? Mm. And Total is, is singing on is on this record. So the CEO of the company, he contacts Bad Boy. And I forgot who was who it was at Bad Boy that he spoke to. And they they went off on him because they was like, yo, we paid for the sample. Da, 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 da. We paid for the, you know, to, to, to use the sample. They paid, but they paid the wrong person. Because oh. what happened, the publishing was owned by, by my boss and another gentleman. Over the years, that gentleman got harder for money or whatever. So he sold his part of the, his publishing to my boss. So my boss owned 100% of it now. So what they did when they probably looked up whatever, based on when the record came out, it probably showed, you know, that this guy was was still like was the part owner. of the publishing. Yeah. So they probably contacted him. They paid him like ten, I think it was ten thousand or whatever it was to, to clear the sample to use the sample. He took the money, of course. So, but that had nothing to do with with us because it, it you know, they didn't clear the sample was never cleared. So basically, my my boss told Bad Boy that at the time that they're either gonna have to pay him and get his permission. Whatever, or they got to pull the rec- the record. His lawyers not having to pull the rec- record off the shelf, and he wanted one hundred percent of the publishing. He wasn't giving Bad Boy no nothing from the publishing. Yeah, so the that, reason I that brought doesn't that up work like that. That, that. The reason I brought it up because this is how it's important a split sheet is, you know, because you got to have on paper. Because a lot of times artists and producers do a record, they don't do no paperwork. Now all of a sudden that record song blows up, and it's some major record all of a sudden. Now you got all kind of business issues because you don't have the proper paperwork, you know? Right. So that's very important. So for me, I feel like, yes, everybody has a role. 
you know, you are the artist, you got you got your role that you got to play. And, and eventually everyone needs to have, needs to be able to play their role. If you got a manager, let the manager play their role. So don't I have a question. Huh? I have a question. Go ahead. I knew this was going to come up somehow. Um, hey, Kiana, mm-hmm. the goddess. She's just tuned in over on Instagram. Um, I wanted you to cover the whole idea of distribution deals. <laughs> he giggles. Yeah. He giggles. He already knows. Uh, you knew it was coming. Okay. You knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me let me say this. No disrespect to distributors or anything of that nature. I worked for a distributor years ago. Yeah. I worked for one of the biggest distributors, um, unique distributors uh, in Long Island, New York. Um, but what I what I will say is this district this this distribution is a lot different now you know than it was you know years ago um what a lot of artists don't realize that's why when artists says i always ask the artists well what are you trying to how are you trying to pursue your career and a lot of artists will say to me oh i'm 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 independent i'm i'm gonna be an independent artist and i'm like oh well that's great it sounds good you know (laughs) being independent but being independent means that you got to have the, the the budget to do what a major would do. And that's this is what people don't realize. I, I remember uh, Jeremy Newkirk, you can could, you could Google him. He's huge in the industry. He started out at Sony um, and good friend of mine, you know, and he always gave me great, great, you know, like knowledge and, and stuff. And I remember one time my artist Golden Tone who's in Chicago, the record that you played in the beginning. Um, we was talking to a label, we were talking about a situation about a, uh, about the, um, we were talking about that earlier, Minx, the, 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 like, you know, when they offer you a deal, like that one, that one um, record deal situation. Not 360. Um, what they call it, what they call it, um, what they call it now? Not the 360, um, no, right? Yeah, right. 360 deal. Oh, okay. Kiana just said so, that. <laughs> right. 360 deal. And and well, and I remember when I spoke to Jer- Jeremy, um, whatever about it, I was like, Yo, what do you think? Because this is a guy that was huge and ready in the industry. It's Sony. And he said to me, he said, Yo, I'm going to tell you this. There's no such thing as a bad record deal. He said, it's about how you let that deal be constructed. Right. So, it's just like I remember Shoot Night once said, when people were saying, "Yo, he he he's robbing everybody for their publishing. He's doing he's doing that." And I remember he he one time they interviewed him and he said, "Listen, if you sign a contract that says I get this amount of your publishing, or I get this amount of you whatever, and you sign that contract." You can't turn around and say that person is a crook. That person steal from you. They robbed you. It's business. No, most people don't want to go out and pay to have a, a, a proper attorney look at their paperwork. Yeah. But they'll go out and buy a pair of Jordans. They'll go out and spend <laughs> spend money on a, a Gucci bag. <laughs> but they would not go out and give a lawyer $500 to review their contract. Yeah. So when they so when they sign these contracts, and all of a sudden later on you realize that this person getting this percentage and 
or whatever the case is. Now you're like, oh, they cheated me. No, they, they didn't. Because unless I put a gun, the person put a gun to your head and made you sign that document, you cheated yourself. Yeah, the truth is, so, is that you, you didn't know what, what you were signing. And signing, exactly. So it's and, like technically they didn't get over on you because they did show you. They showed you, hey, I'm a snake in the grass. And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to feed the snake then. And then you get mad because now the snake um, is biting you and, and injecting their venom in you and killing you slowly. And then now it's a wrap. Right, exactly. And so now when you're in that dying bed, now you want to blame, you want to say, oh, he's the, you know, he beat me and gave me the venom. No, but you bit yourself, you know, because you didn't handle your business the proper way. Um, you know, so for me, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, it's not really, don't blame the major record. Don't, and that's the thing. A lot of people blame the, the majors. Oh, majors is this, majors is that. It's no, it's no business in the world that's perfect. And yes, there are people, if you are not smart enough and you don't make sure you have the right people surrounding you, yes, you could end up, end up in, in a situation where you're giving up stuff that you really shouldn't be giving up, Okay. Yeah, Kiana, um, Kiana's ran, going in. Like I said, uh, she's I ran, going in. I in. Right. I ran into <laughs> Evil D. At one, right? Evil D, everybody knows that's the producer of, um, you know, Black Moon, etc. What I, what I, a lot of people don't know, this dude produced a lot of, a lot of records. He did records for Erica Badu. You know, he did that record that, that people still dancing to in the clubs, Return of the Mac. You know, oh, you know what I'm saying? And what he said to me, he was like, bro, I never gave up any of my publishing. He right. said, I got checks coming in left and right from, you know, from my, from my catalog. He said, because I never, he said he never gave up any of his publishing at that point in time. Now, we all know major record companies, one of the things that they always asked for, which was considered standard, was 50% of your publishing. Yeah, they wanted half of everything. That was everything. Half your and, and actually, a lot of record companies basically stated that they own your masters. Now, that was because we didn't know a lot of things that we should know now, okay? Yeah. So right now, in today's world, major or minor, no one should own your masters. Yeah. Okay? No one should own your masters. You hear that, kids? Kids, you hear that? You know, your homie and, you know, in, in apartment in his bedroom with his um mom in the other room yeah he shouldn't have your masters he should not even have possession of that yeah they should not have rights to your masters so people don't realize when somebody has the rights to your masters that means they own your music catalog that means anybody wants to license it anyone whatever it is you got nothing to do with it they get the money not you then you don't make any money off of that if you don't own any rights to your masters um and that's why it's not good. It's not good to be like, you know, studio hopping. Like you, you find one place, you know, stick with that one place and make sure y'all bring your, your drives. And well, thank you. Thank you. Because that's what a lot of artists don't understand. It's like, you know, when you go to the studio, you should have your own, your own drive. When you go to the studio and you recording, have the engineer back it up to you your drive. So when you walk out of there, you walk out of there with your session also. Not yeah, they, they only walk out with the MP3 and then they go home and they upload it to SoundCloud. Yeah, they give and... you the MP3 <laughs> and you go home. The MP3 is worthless. So at the end of the day, if you don't have the session files and God forbid something happens to their studio or you get into a beef and now they don't want to give you a session, now you you stuck. 
That's so, actually happened. Believe it or not, that's actually happened to me before. Um, um, I had to really, you know, fight tooth and nail just to get the, the sessions because in a sense, like I, I like my dad used to always say to me, like it was almost like I was cheating on him. You know, like like my dad would be like, he'll hear a song on SoundCloud and he'll cool. be like, where did you record this at? And I'm like, nowhere. <laughs> He'd be like, um, did you get, I mean, do you have the session? And I'm like, no, I just have the song. He's, you better go and get that damn session. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah. A two track, a two track is really worthless. You know, um, without the session, first of all, you can't mix you. In other words, that's why when, when, I, when a producer said you're two track, you know, you can't, you can't, you you can go and record to it, yeah. but it's like saying now you as the artist, you have to now try to rap or whatever around, you know, that music. Right. You know, now if you have, if you write, if you rec- write to the music, you send the vocals to the, in, to the engineer. Now the engineer got the session file. So now he's mixing the music properly. Now he's, you know, all every instrument, whatever. Yeah, they don't, they don't ever it. have the track out, like you know the right. beats. Right, you gotta have the track. I asked artists today, yo, do you have the track out? Some people don't even know what that means. They don't even know, like, oh, you know what I mean? The like, hair. you got the wave file. It's my track you out. Know, you got. They don't even know what that is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's just crazy to me. And and like I said, it's not, it's not about knocking anyone. You know, I mean, I it, honestly, it, I, like, I do, I do knock artists. I, I do. Well, when I, I say that, meaning is I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. It's just the fact that you know, for me, you know, I've learned a lot over the years. Yeah, you know, somebody finding tribulation, somebody getting jerked, etc. But I've learned a lot over the years. You know, but what I'm I've saying, what, what I'm saying is that in the age of technology that we are in. Um, and all the research that is like at your fingertips, all the podcasts that are out, all of the educational tools that are out. If you are an artist and you are getting scammed, you are having your music stolen from you. It is not copywritten. You know, I, you it's your fault at that point. It's like it's nobody else's fault. Like there's no excuse it, 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 it at is. that point. You see, I mean, at least back in the day, these things wasn't accessible to a lot of the artists from the old school in that sense. Yeah. So. A lot of it, you know, so it kind of was more understandable why you did their business wasn't right. You know, like back, like, like you look at those old, old groups back in the day, what would happen? They would have a hit record. The record label would buy them a Cadillac. And that's from their money. And they made millions off of them. They'd buy them a Cadillac and they're happy. And they, like, oh, they, 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 they're excited until they wind up like TLC um, getting yeah, a, a right. freaking All Grammy. And they're like, we're right. broke though. Exactly. So <laughs> what I'm trying to say in 2020, this is the reason why I came on this show. I just want artists to know that the first thing you need to do is get your business right. Before you even go in the studio, because what you're doing, you're doing things backwards. You know, like you're going out and you're spending money on studio time, you're spending money and, and then you're spending money on, on video directors to shoot the video and all this stuff and your music is is not your business is not right. They're too hyped up. They just want to release and, right. and, and, and share. Set up your business. You know what I mean? Set up your business. Even though you might set it up and until your first record is released, it will be like an escrow or whatever. But set up your business. You know, get your publishing. Um, you know, and then once you got your business together and you went you start going into the studio with the producer, 
walk with your split sheets. Mm-hmm. So even if the studio doesn't have it on file, have your your little your little backpack or whatever it is with your you know in a folder and have your split sheet. So you can pull it out with your pen and do the split sheet right then and there with the producer. Or if you got an artist that's being featured, and that's another thing. People, a lot of artists don't realize you put your homies on your record. It's beautiful. It's great. Mm-hmm. But what's happening now, your 50% of your publishing is no longer 50%. So if you got two other artists that wrote parts on that record and they're featured, the smaller. producer money doesn't change. The producer percentage stays the same if he's the only writer. Mm-hmm. You got three artists on your record. So that means your 50 percent now is broken down to what maybe like 12 12 and a half percent for artists so and that's why i tell artists all the time why put a whole bunch of people on your record for what yeah like like you know they be like, having like like um almost like the the five four three two one song with freaking ll and dmx and, and it's like eight people yeah, on one record this one because those are all major artists yeah I mean, so in, rea- yeah. in reality when they do a record together you know, um, like 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 um, like when Craig Mack when they had when Diddy had the remix to, and he had Buster and all of them on that record, they all you know they all major celebrities. So it's a little different. But when you're up and coming artist and you're trying to get on, and you got an EP with nine songs, and you got six of them got features, you just cut your publishing in half because if any of those records gets licensed or whatever. You got to split that 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 money, and those those royalties got to be split with those other artists, right. you know. And these are things that you have to think about, you, you know, um, so forth. And, and you this, see, this is why right. when people when people hit me up on on some real shit, when people hit me up for features, right? I don't mind doing features. I just you know I, I'm like I'm always thinking about the pot. You know, I'm thinking about, okay, if I do a song with this artist, is it going to benefit me? Because people don't, right. they, they, they're, I mean, I'm all about the craft. I'm all about all of that. But I'm always going to be thinking about, because I got a mouth to feed. So um, I got to be thinking about it on that aspect, especially if some of you guys are married or, you know, have families or you're starting families. You have to really think about, you know, the collaborations that you do. Is it really worth it? Because you do have some collaborations where, you might be the serious artist and that other artist is just a hobbyist. You know what I mean? Like they, they have no plans or intentions of actually becoming a legitimate artist. So you just basically wasted a beat and you wasted some studio time and you wasted some other shit because, you know, some people just are not as serious. Like someone like, like for myself, if I was to do a feature, it would be with like city to great, or it would be like with golden tone or, you know, a couple of other artists that I've actually come across with, with this platform. But it's it's very rare. Like it's just right. very and, very and, rare. And, and, and yeah, that's you know. And again, it's like what what a lot of artists don't understand. Like first of all, in the on the industry level, because I work for industry producers, I work for the Phantom Boys, or whatever. And we worked at a quad studio for a period of time. These are guys that have you know platinum records, mm-hmm. um, and features with major artists. It's not done through the label. Labels very, very seldom, you 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 know, would clear a feature. Those features with major artists are done between the artists. So let's say Drake is in the studio, and Kendrick Lamar came through. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was in another session, 
and he hop into his his session and he heard that joint and he's like, yo, yo this is fire. And Drake is like, yo, word, you want to drop a 16 on this? And Kendrick dropped that 16. That's how most of those features come about. It's not like the record label. Set it up like this just because they're in the next room and and they hear some Yeah, it's all, all, you know, most of those things come between, it's between, it's the artist, it's the artist. Right. Um, And and a lot of times, that's why, you know, they do it. Um, But yeah, but that's a big thing. You, You know, just something that you have to think about. You know, just understand when you do... These are things where you're you're now changing the percentages of things in that in that regard. Um, but as far as the end up the end up in the whole distribution situation, it's basically distributors today. What artists has to understand? Yeah, you can you know like like I have artists that's on the have music out to distrocade and stuff things of that nature. But at the same time, you got to understand just having music out to a distributed platform is not enough. Mm-hmm. If you don't have promotion and marketing behind those behind those that that product, if you're just another artist within the probably a million that has music, yeah, your music is on iTunes, it's on Apple, it's on, you know, Spotify. Mm-hmm. But if people don't, if there's no promotion and marketing that's pushing those people, you know, to engage those platforms to look for you and listen to your music and download it or stream it or whatever, it doesn't mean much, you know? So when you say, yeah, I got my music is out on, um, you know, on all platforms. So it's like, yeah, it's on all platforms, but what is it really doing? You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. So these are the things you got to think about. So it goes back again to what I'm saying, invest your money the right way. So instead of going on and spending money on things that's not going to, do anything for you invested on situation that's going to help you know and again like 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 somebody like like Keanu the goddess that we had you know you had on the show you know people like that you know even if you might think oh she's charging too much if you really sit down and listen to what she's going to do for you or do for your career these it's worth it because i don't care you know you put your music on a social media and all that it's not enough Yes, some artists get lucky and get discovered off of that and so forth. But that's like damn near one in a million. So Yeah, you're not even lying about that because even though Kiana was my guest, I felt like I should have paid her <laughs> to be on the show because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, like it's like this whole week, again, you know, I thank you like so much for having her come on because it was almost like, um, yeah, she got into my head. She definitely got into my head because Mofo's she's that a, was... She's incredible. She's incredible business um lady she knows her stuff like experience and knowledge is is crazy and i'll tell any artist man listen get yourself a publicist get yourself somebody like somebody who can really help you because see what people realize her job is going to be to elevate your career right she's going to get you on those major blogs right you know you know the sways in the mornings and those type of blogs She's gonna get you on the real blogs. She's gonna get you in magazines that that's industry related. She's gonna, you know, she might get you even to open up for, for major artists in certain situations. So, and a lot of times, what people don't realize is that that money that she might be charging when she when they say okay, a thousand, you know, for three months it will be three thousand or of of campaigning for you. They sometimes have to put out from that money. For certain situations that yeah. they have to make happen. Yeah. So don't think that money is just going all into their pocket. 
know? Yeah, they always so seem to think that. Huh? I said, yeah, they always seem to think that. Like, if if I'm saying, okay, look, um, to be on the the Mix Show podcast as as a a, a new artist, etc., let's just say, uh, for uh, an hour interview is seventy five dollars, right? So mm-hmm. you're getting seventy five dollars. So I'm like, what the hell do y'all think I do with that seventy five dollars? I I don't buy a, a freaking new uh dolly. Uh, for my baby, that shit got to go to the lights. That shit got to go to the internet. That shit got to go to the website because the okay. website ain't free. That shit got to go to the phone lines because the phone lines ain't free. That shit got to go to the websites that I pay for in order to stream multi multicasting, even though it's lagging as fuck. All of that shit has to go somewhere. And it's like, I'm lucky if I walk away with $10 out of that 75. And that's what they don't understand. It's no different than you, you going to work at McDonald's. And, at, you know, you bust you behind doing whatever your job is. And at the end of the week, you get your check. But do you get all that money go to you? No. No. You got, you got, you got the state tax. You got the federal tax. You got Social Security. You got that, that dude that everybody always asks. Who the hell is FICA? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, where, where does FICA live? I want to be FICA. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, and Social Security so your and Medicaid. If your check was 300 gross, now your check is like 220 or something like that net. Or whatever. So it's the same concept. Yeah, like, and at the end of the so- year, you get your money back, and then you can go buy your flat screens and not invest in right, yourselves. Right, and, right, and yeah, right, exactly. But so you know, so it's just like if you pay, you you know, it's like if you. So when you pay somebody like a Kiana, it's not like okay, don't think about that. Oh man, that's so much money she's charging me. No, because you don't know what what she has to spend to make those things happen for you to get you on those blogs. To get you at those top radio stations. Yeah, it takes money you know? to make money. It it's, takes, this it is takes, all yeah, an investment. She has to spend that money too. And at the same time, she has to live. She has responsibilities and so on. And what people don't realize is that I remember one time an artist said to me that, oh, uh, somebody told me that you should only be getting 10%. And I said to him, I said, you got to be real. I said, I said, yo, you got to be Whatever crack you smoking? Go back hey, to said, the dude said, and tell him to give you back, give you back your money with that crack you smoke. I said, I said, I said listen, <laughs> you go anywhere in the industry. The standard is twenty percent for an artist that doesn't have a deal. When you're up and coming, it's twenty percent, and the reason why it's twenty percent because you really have nine out of ten. How many artists paying their manager in the beginning of their career? No. You know? Because you're not doing shows, making money. You don't got a record out, make, you know, I hate record out, making money. So that percentage is percentage of saying that if you do make it, because of the work and time that person put into you, they should at least get 20%. Now, if you Chris Brown and Chris Brown hires me tomorrow to work as part of his management, he could give me 5%. Yeah, like my dad says, what's what, Brown what's ten percent of nothing? Ten percent of nothing is nothing. So if you're not making you any know. money, why are you crying about ten exactly. percent? So I, I, I work for Chris Brown for one percent because I know that one percent of Chris Brown is going to be real money, right? You know, rather than having twenty percent of somebody that's not making no money. So a lot of times people don't understand that, and then they, you know, because I tell people all the time, look at it this way: if you're an artist and you got paid a thousand dollars to perform somewhere. Your manager's getting twenty percent, so that means your manager gets two hundred. You walk away with eight hundred. How is that? How is that? How is how could that be unfair to you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I never got that. Like, how can that be unfair to you? You don't think about how much phone calls your manager had to make. 
how many you know contracts, negotiations, certain things that they might have to do leading up to that to that show. Right. You know, like I do bookings for my Sarat boy DJ Tishon. Um, shout out to Tishon Five Seventy. Um, you know, and when I do a booking, you know, and whatever he gets paid as a DJ, you know, I get my percentage off of that. Right. And he never wants argue and and say, oh man, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you work, for, you earned your money, and that's that's how it's you know it's supposed to be. Yeah, Kiana. You know? Kiana just said exactly. The manager isn't even making money off that show. Right. You know, and 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 at the end of the day, a lot of people don't they, they don't understand that. It's like people just want like people. Honestly, I think artists just think like they want like everyone in their team. First of all, artists don't believe they need a team. They just believe that they're the team. But they they don't believe that the team has to be paid. So that's almost like if we're using the reference of McDonald's, right? So. So right. with with uh, uh, an establishment, let's just compare ourselves to an establishment. They're right. basically saying that, OK, so the janitor that cleans the floors, that cleans the bathrooms, that makes sure that everything is clean and up to code shouldn't get paid. They believe right. the guy at the fryer who is flipping the burgers, making the French fries is not supposed to get paid. They think that right. the person that's picking up the orders in the front of the establishment, as well as at the drive through shouldn't get paid. And the only person that should get paid is the McDonald's themselves. So everyone has to run, run the ship. Everyone has to run the ship by themselves. And then everybody beneath them doesn't get paid. So this is why I don't understand like, like some of these concepts of, of, of where artists come from. Like, yeah, you may not need uh, management right now. You you may not need management right now. Okay. Maybe you don't have the finances do it right now. Maybe you don't have the, the publishing. You don't have the, the, the correct paperwork to even say that you're a legitimate artist. However, if you're seeking someone to help you at that point, I need shows, I need this, I need that. And then you're contacting people. Hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? I don't care if we best friends. I don't care if I don't know you from a hole in the wall. It's called PayPal. It's called Cash App. It's called Venmo. That's my name at that point. Right. And, and and what's crazy to me too is that what people don't realize is that, you know, you paying you're also paying for the fact that that person has experience and knowledge. It's like, you know, because if you have an idiot representing you, you know, what do you think is going to happen to your career? You know, um, realistically, so you you can have somebody free, yeah, that's my whoever, but at the end of the day. When it comes out to real business, no people on the next level, industry level, they're not going to deal with you if you don't have the proper management around you. And people and, talk on top of that. People, like, and, it's not like they keep everything secretive to that one location. People go to like, they go to little networking galas and, and they have networking brunches and, and dinners and breakfasts and, and they will talk about you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they will blacklist you know? your ass before you could even right. say what's going on with my career. Exactly. And, and, and also what, you know, what, what a lot of time I think people don't realize is that, you know, yeah. Okay. So in the beginning stages of you, you're trying to do what you don't, you, you don't need it. But once you start thinking of talking about, you talking about you ready to put out music and, and move to that level. If you really don't know what you're doing, you need some type of guidance. You, you know, you need somebody that knows, right. you know, 
Because if you got somebody that you're calling your manager and they, they don't know more than you when it comes to certain business things, like I don't know everything, but I know the things that's necessary that you need to do it and, and where you need to go or how you need to go about doing it, you know, because at the end of the day, I've been through all that, you know, I've been there, done that, you know, yeah. I know about, you know, and then outside of the, the whole distribution thing, like I was saying, you know, that is, is, is cool because it's, you know, now you can put out your music yourself, you know, directly with the distributor, you, you know what I mean? Like compared to what it used to be years ago. But at the same time, you got to understand it's like, these are just platforms. That's all they are. They're just platforms. Yeah. So your music without promotion and marketing, nine out of 10 is not going to really go anywhere. You might get lucky and somebody hear your music and, you know, that can happen. But realistically, very rare. Very rare. Very, so very rare. You, you Everyone thinks they're going to have this little Nas X fucking uh, fairy tale. Oh my God, my, my 15 second snippet just went viral. And now everybody's right. doing my song. Everyone's doing my dance. And then, of course, when that song is going viral, being that at the time, I don't think TikTok was monetized. I don't think TikTok was monetized at that time that little Nas X blew up. But, you know, y'all are releasing your music and, and doing all this jazz. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you may not get that success, but why not have yourself legit? At least you, where you can collect some coins out of this and have some exactly. evidence. It's, it's just protecting yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, like how you got music, if your music is not copied. Mm-hmm. That means your music is not protected. And, and they believe it's they, they believe like, okay, let me just mail myself, let me mail myself a CD and, and not open it and this is this is protecting myself. They they really still do that. Yeah, yeah well people people might still do that, but it's not necessary to do that. You see, I mean years ago, you know, it was so expensive because you had to copyright each song individually. Yeah. Now now you go to the Library of Congress to copyright your music. Now it's like I think eight or ten compositions that you could actually copyright onto that one that one composition. So if you got an EP and you can put out let's say eight songs, you don't have to copyright each song individually. So you pay that one fee, and your those those eight songs are protected. And because you're doing it online, as soon as you you do the checkout and you pay. You get that confirmation receipt. Your music is protected. See, years ago, they had to send you paperwork. You had to wait in the mail to receive your paperwork when you copyright your music to know that your music is protected. Yeah, you, now, had, to, you had to wait. Your music is automatically protected right, right then and there on the spot. So it's no excuse not to copyright your music. It's no excuse not to have your publishing set up. It's, you know, everything is online. They'll help talk you through it. And, you know, setting it up. It's you just pay that little fee and you straight. That's it. And for a you lot know? of you, a lot of you guys and gals that are musicians, that are artists, that are whatever producers, tax season is coming. Them W twos, the ink has done dry. Yeah. Y'all need to really sit down and set aside a little something, something. You know, if if you guys need direction, you can come to me and and or, or whoever. And ask them, you know, how much do you think it's going to cost to do this? How much do you think it's going to cost to do that? Set aside the money. Don't get them Jordans that you've been eyeing since uh, November uh, and Black Friday. Just take the money and just invest it into getting yourself legit. 
and right. you'll 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 will never regret it. You'll be sitting here looking at your brand new Xbox uh, 369 and and, and saying. <laughs> Saying to yourself, yeah. oh my god. And that's the thing, yo, they'll quicker go out and buy the new Xbox and a bunch of games than take that money and use it to get their business right. Yeah. Another thing that we're gonna touch we, we, we were gonna touch on that was L- your LLC. Okay? Uh oh, you sure you wanna drop this bomb on them? Uh oh. Uh oh it's you don't have to be a big you don't have to be like a business like, oh I got you know open store I'm doing this or whatever to get your LLC as an artist and so first of all let me say this salute Golden Tone you know my artist in Chicago he had an LLC for several years now and what you as an artist what an LLC does for you is that let's say as an example let's say Sony wants to sign you tomorrow Sony heard your music they love your music they go crazy over you they want to sign you. So now, instead of signing as Minx Couture to Sony, you sign in Minx Couture LLC. Mm. So now it's a business deal. It's a it's like it's like almost like you're doing a almost like a label deal. So you're not signing your individual rights as the as the artist under the company. You signing your company. So, so if things don't work out or whatever happens. Minx Couture can go over to Rock Nation and do a deal with Rock Nation because the deal with Sony went bad or whatever. So, but the deal with Sony on the on the her LLC is they got they still got that that paperwork on that, but they don't have the paperwork to hold Minx Couture on um, down. A lot of people don't realize is that, and you know how a lot of this stuff started was. When Wu Tang Clan got signed, no record label ever had a, a hip hop group with that many members. When they got signed to Loud Records, Loud Records didn't know how to deal with that many members. So what they did, they signed them as Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Method Man, all of them went on and did single projects? Those projects had nothing to do with Loud. They went and signed individual deals do you know how much money loud would have made off of each one of the members of Wu-Tang that did solo projects Jeez. if they had to had them signed as individuals Jeez. rather than okay so artists get to LLC if you're a dope artist what you do when you get your LLC sign yourself up onto your own LLC so when they come and oh man, listen man, we love your stuff. We want to offer you, you know, this five million dollar deal, man. And they're, okay, it's cool, but that deal gonna be with Minx Couture LLC. Minx Minx Couture LLC. Uh, yeah, C- got, City the Great got, says um, LLC is only a one twenty five up here. Where the hell you live at, City? She. I'm about right. to go. I'm about yeah, to go over there. Unfortunately, New York City is, is, I think, one of the most expensive cities for to go LLC. Yeah, the shit's like know? seven. It's like seven fifty. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, not even with taxes. Yeah, you know, because you know, you know, my I remember one time I had spoke to my lawyer and and she was like, you know, she she was like, yeah, New York is one of the most expensive. You know, you got you know like whatever, and it wasn't even how much so much her fees. Mm-hmm. It was more like the filing stuff that that was costing. So, but there are certain places. 
places where you could get LOCs done, you know, Delaware like City saying, yeah, it, it, you know, that's why if you really think about it, a lot of people used to always do the LOCs in Delaware. Places like that. Yeah, Del- Delaware is like like 500, like 450. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And back then, Delaware was like probably like $100, $150, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, so that's important, man. Like, like, do it because now you, you know what I'm saying? Now you're signing as a company rather than as an individual. So, you're better off at the end of the day. And what you do is that you sign yourself. Like, if you got a, your LLC, you could sign yourself just like if you sign into a label. Sign yourself onto your company. So Mix Couture signed to Mix Couture LLC. But you know, it's so such a can't... shame though, because in order for artists to actually get in their mindset of understanding um, this process, it's like artists have to understand that you are a business. You are not. You're an entity. You are a business, so you should be moving exactly. like a business and not like doing shit as if, and I hate to use this term, but it's true, like a fucking SoundCloud rapper. You know, these people just drop songs and, you know, they, they don't they don't have any idea of what they're doing behind it. And then when you right. get into these situations where legal shit goes down, like some kid on um, Twitter the other night was saying that his song was stolen. Okay, but right. he, I'm like, you done tagged the artist. Um, who stole, I forgot who stole his song, but I'm like, you done tagged the artist. You done said to the artist, Hey, you know, this would sound dope with you and me on it. And then mysteriously months later, after tagging the artist, that's the other thing I can't stand you artists doing tagging these, these fucking mainstream artists. Like they're not going to look and say, Oh, this shit is hot. Let me, let me hop on that. Most mainstream artists, first of all, most mainstream artists don't even most of them don't really even monitor their own social medias and stuff. Most of them have a social media manager that does that. Once in a while, they might pop in their social media, but most of the time, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not them. Because I remember just recently, I don't know who it was. It was um, not Lil Baby. It was one of those one of our artists that's you know popping, and they they had started following me. So out of a courtesy, I responded and said thank you for following. And the person responded and was like. You know, this is the their their um their social media manager. So a lot of times you think that you 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 speaking to the artist directly, but you're not. No, you're not. You speak, most of the time you're speaking to either their manager or you're speaking to their social media manager. Yeah. Because when the artist is already developed and out there, they're so busy. Most of the time, they just don't have time to be following social media on that level. They might get on there once in a while, but. You know, it's very seldom that you speak into the artist directly. Um, yeah, so the LLC, man, listen, get that tax money, you know, instead of buying a Gucci bag, you know, get that LLC because I'm telling you, if you're serious about your career and your business, you know, it, 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 it's a great look and it, it's it, it's going to be worth it in the long run, you know. So, um, Minx, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to touch on, but... You know, licensing is something else too that we, you know. But I'm not gonna go too deep into yeah, that. Yeah, cause you giving, I'm like you giving away the sauce, the jewels, the no, tools, no, the no, food. Because that's something that, <laughs> you know, that's a whole. Listen, I just want to say, artists, and you know, like li- licensing is something that you find most artists doesn't un- really understand. They don't really understand how important that is. You could be rich just off of licensing. 
what I mean? Hold on one so, second. If I lose you guys on face on, on, on Instagram, I'm going to come right back on because, you know, they got this stupid, like, like one hour limit. And I think that that's ridiculous. That's so crazy. if you guys lose me, I'm going to come right back on, like, as, immediately. Right. But, but, yeah, so... But like I said, me and Mix, we we working on some stuff. We putting that. We're gonna be putting some stuff together in regards to that for artists that really wants to get into licensing their music and and so on. You know, we working on that stuff now. We're gonna do some stuff. She, you know, we gotta first get her stuff out there popping and and so on. But that's another situation that we got coming. Um, so I don't know. You know, you know, and we got we got something. We got something major coming too. So. You know, we got like some uh, a major um movement that we got coming as well. So, you know, I let her talk about that when she's ready and everything is ready for that. But that's yes, awesome. and also, yeah. you know, again, you know, my manager. This is my manager, guys. Why well, should go this way? My manager, guys. <laughs> I I appreciate yeah. you so much. I I know that you were a little bit under the weather, but you know, it's it's always such yeah, a blessing. Yeah, it's always such a blessing to to have you um be part of the the mix radio family and you know if you guys of course you guys follow um leonard over at um at leonard croft mgmt underscore you guys see it on the screen um make sure y'all follow him and um you know don't pick his brain too much he's my manager i'm i'm and city <laughs> the great he's our manager and golden tone he's our man with well, all the models he's our yeah, manager well, first, yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna do a little quick shout out you know before we get off too but yeah, definitely, man. Like I said, I mean, and y'all gotta understand, man. Like, um, mix, mix is like, you know, such an incredible, not just talent, but just a human being, man. And she's trying to do so much for, for the independent, you know, industry, you know. And, and like I said, she offers so much. I've never met anyone in my life that do, what she does, and as many wears many hats as she does, and and wear them all well. So for me, it was an honor. You know, for her to even want me, you know, to represent her, and so I thank you for that. Um, oh, you're making my cheeks hurt. Man, this is a special lady right here. So, it, you know, I, I, one of the things I've been posting recently is, you know, you want to use her skills, book her now while you can afford her, because I'm telling you, soon this woman is going to be on a level where. You know, it's not that she's gonna be trying to be bougie or anything, but it's she's gonna I'm be bougie such now. a demand. <laughs> she's gonna be such a demand that yo, it's gonna cost a lot to be able to get with her. So I'm telling you, trust me, she is going to be major. Take my word on that. It's coming. Um, I wanna also shout out my artist City the Great. Um, you know, one of the very incredible artist, incredible human being, um, very loyal um, also, and also very intelligent. Like, I learned stuff from him. He teaches me stuff about the industry. Like, him and Minks are two of the people that got this whole, they, they got the whole, you know, promotional things, marketing, certain things like that. They, they, they kind of know, they have how this whole thing works. And, you know, City... City is 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 dope at that as well. He's just such a well-rounded artist. Watch me and City, me and City, gonna get a podcast. We're gonna have a podcast, and, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah I, I already man. see it. And, and then Golden Tone, my artist from Chicago, he's been with me the longest. I mean, he's like family to me. I gotta definitely shout him out. He probably why he might be watching too. But like I said, very intelligent, 
like I said, years ago he created his LLC. So anybody wants to sign him, they got to go to his LLC. Um, you can look him up too. Check out his music, City the Greats music. You know they on all platforms. Definitely check them out. Um, I also just signed um, a new artist, singer, songwriter, musician from Boston. Mm-hmm. Towards the ending of 2019, uh, man, ATL July. Um, incredible, incredible. He's a basically like a trap R&B singer. So what he does, it's still kind of it, it works really well with the rappers, you know, but he's a real singer. Like, he'll sit down and, and play the piano and sing Brian McKnight's song. So, oh, competition, you know, huh? Yeah, but competition, he's more like a huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, ATL, if you watch it, you see that, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, so he got, he got some great stuff. He, you know, coming, incredible, talented man, young man out in Boston. And I also... Just started working with a young lady out of Ohio, um, Lulu Baby. What's up, Lulu, if you're watching? I, I think her mom and dad might be watching. Um, very talented young lady, man. She's probably yeah, my youngest artist, but she is like 19 and going on like 35. Mm. But she's really talented, you know, even though she's more into the trap stuff or whatever, but she has her own, own lane. Very incredible writer as well. Great performer. Um, you know, like I said, and that's one of the reasons why me and her kind of connected because, you know, I just love her passion, you know, that she has. I love her drive, you know, and I feel she's going to really make it because I think she has all the elements to do it, you know. Um, so part of my job is to teach her the business and, you know, and stuff like that as well. But, yeah, and then, of course, all the models, Catalea, Brie Conte, Ola, you know, she, you know, um, salute to, to her. She just did a shoot with uh, Black Pyramid today. Ooh. So shout out for that. Um, yeah, and like I said, you know, um, and everyone, man, that all my, you know, affiliates, all my friends, um, other artists that I deal with, like, you know, Bateman Global, you know, of course, my sister, I'm a- forgot my sister Trina Brule, aka Mark Barker. You know, yes. yes. I love her to death. You know what I mean? Um she got a new album coming. It's gonna be crazy. Um so definitely look out for that. I'm also blessed to be part of her management team as well. Um man, like I said, you know, if I forget anyone, you know, forgive me, but you know, well, you you can you can make the rest of the you could you, you'll remember everybody when you know we're at the Grammys and you know we're accepting our award speeches. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know man. we're doing like our I, speeches. You know, like I said, when we're sitting there in that audience, you know, God willing, and <laughs> on and Vince is on that stage or Lulu, City, Golden, whoever you know, whoever gets to the, that stage first, we all gonna be there because we are family, we are movement, you know, we're about loyalty. So that's one thing. Like I said, man. So. As far as management, I don't know everything, but <laughs> Kiana said, Kiana is, said they're gonna give you the the, the wrap it up machine. They're gonna be like, yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, tell them when I get on the stage, they're gonna be like, they're gonna start playing the music on me, you know. But yes, but definitely shout out everyone, man, and Nick, thank you for having me on. Um, I hope I was able to help, you know, and. I mean, people, it was crazy. People have been sending me text messages and, and they're like, you know, Minx, oh my God, he's so informative. You know, thank you. And, you know, so I'm, you know, maybe some people at work or, you know, they can't, 
they can't tune in right now, but those are that are, are tuned in, um, they are definitely like super excited about the jewels that you dropped. And of course, y- y'all y'all know this is going to be uploaded on Monday morning, so y'all just got to have patience. Um, but again, you know, I know, like I said, I know you were feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm glad that, you know, we were able to get you on, you know, before, you know, we started getting like the Beyonce's and the Nicky's and, and all these uh, celebrities and stuff on here. Manifestation, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. And that's coming. And that's coming. Trust me. Exactly. That's coming. Yeah, that's coming. So thank you again for having me. Thank you to all the listeners that tuned in. Um, Kiana the Goddess, thank you. Thank you very much for tuning in. He said watch it on Twitch. Yeah, we're on Twitch. We're everywhere. (laughs) But I thank you so much. And um, of course, as always, I will hit you up later on or maybe tomorrow um let you get a little bit of rest drink some honey and all that good stuff and um i'll definitely talk to you thank you all righty okay all right guys um did i hang up i don't think i hung up let me see oh no okay now i did all right, guys. Um, again, I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I just got maybe one more song to do, one um, an interesting article, and then we're gonna call it a night because this this whole you know lagging situation was just killing me. Um, but yes, yeah, so this song, this video that I'm about to debut, um, is my baby sister. I know that before I had played um her song that she had before, um, but she has a new a new track out. And I will definitely say I was a little bit like very blushy, like, you know, because, you know, when you see your little brother or your sister and, you know, they're older and, you know, they're more mature. I was very, 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 you know, like, oh, my gosh. OK, so those of you guys that are on Instagram, um, on Instagram live, um, try to head over to um, you can head over to um, the mink dot com or head over to Twitch. Um, I'm going to be streaming the video live. Um, I don't want to get flagged on here because y'all know how that is. All right. So head over there so you guys can check out the video. And um, again, this is my little sister. Her name is Tori. And this is her new song called Babe. So here we go. Oh, yeah. 
one uh, article that I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, and this has to do with what's been going on. Uh, I posted an article today. I think I have it up here today. Okay. Yes, we do. All right. So this article, um, here's some minor jewels. I'm haven't even told my Patreon members yet, and I figured what's the best way to do it, but on my show. All right. So here we go. So I found out, um, one of my, uh, followers, uh, told me about this website and I reached out to the website owners and I just wanted to talk with them, um, about it. Um, hold on, I'm going to go back, uh, share the story. Hold on, let me go back. All right, so here, this is the conclusion of the show. So with this article, um, again, talking to this company, this website is called repostnetwork.com, right? Again, this was a jewel dropped to me from one of my uh, Twitter members who just thought that it was just a very interesting concept. Um, again, um, you can head over to themigshow.tumblr.com, which is the blog. So you guys can tune into that. So this website, um, Repost Network is a distribution, um, offering company. Okay. So with this company, this is going to actually answer all the questions about Minx. How do I monetize my SoundCloud? So here we go. So it says, um, Repost is designed to help the fastest growing artists and labels make a living through their audiences online on and off SoundCloud. So if you guys, again, I, everyone thinks I like to poke, poke fun at SoundCloud artists. I, I really don't. Um, but I, I think that if you guys take a look at this, then maybe my um, opinions will change. Okay. So um, again, this is another um, way to distribute and monetize your stuff, but this is specifically for people that don't want to leave the, the SoundCloud platform. So it says repost makes it easier than ever to monetize your tunes and self-release. Um, it says on top of giving us the control we need over our SoundCloud. Damn, this is going fast. Um, it allows you to uh, monetize. So this is all about monetizing. Okay. Um, the resources where they allow you to monetize um, is, is, is endless. Like these are the partners. Let's, let's, damn. Let's look at the partners here. So the partners here that they help you monetize to is SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple Music, Facebook, Instagram, Pandora, Google Play, Amazon Music, Tidal, Deezer. Um, these are some I never even heard of. Um, Melon, Beatport. Um, uh, uh, they have a Sound Exchange. They have Shazam, Alibaba Group, Tencent, NetEase, Savin, Dubset, BPM Supreme, Yandex, iHeartRadio, AudioMac. And, and Gami. So these are um, the resources. So again, you guys may want to head over to repostnetwork.com. Um, here is a very extensive application. So they don't play no games. They don't accept little trash cans and little dirt bags. You guys have to fill out this information in order for them to consider you to be part of this platform. Um, again, they ask you first, last name, email address, date of birth, location, etc., etc. Um, they want you to apply with either your SoundCloud or your Spotify. And again, this might be very helpful. They also have a really nice blog um, where today's um, in uh, yesterday's date, they actually posted the hottest SoundCloud playlists. Um, so there's a, a website called Pitch. 
Um, so excuse me, um, introducing pitch to official SoundCloud playlist app. Okay. So they allow you to pitch your music to the hottest um, playlists that are out here. Um, and of course you guys may want to check out this website in case you are a SoundCloud artist and you are looking to make sure your SoundCloud is monetized. They help you get the ISRC codes and UPC codes. So it's very helpful in that aspect. I just wanted to point that out, especially those of you who release songs and um, beats and, and things like that through SoundCloud, this might be helpful to you if you don't want to take the Spotify and iTunes, etc. rap. Okay, so that's today's show, guys. Um, I, I wanted to make the show very like a lengthy um, show because of the fact that I wanted to have a manager um, come on to actually discuss management. And that's always going to be like a, a long conversation because, you know, we've we've gone through this several times. Um, and why it's important. So again, you know, I thank you guys for tuning in. Um, next week, um, um, we're going to be released. Oh yeah, one more thing. Oh, what am I doing? I'm moving too fast. Okay. Um, if you head over to um, minxradio.com, um, I just dropped a amazing interview with uh, King Solo. As you guys can see, um, your girl Minx is doing things a little bit differently. You know, I kind of want artists that want interviews to have their own episodes. And I'm going to be starting with my Patreon members because my Patreon members are my members that actually are supporting the platform and should always get first dibs on any types of promo and etc. So I'll be going through the list um, of the artists that I will be um, working with. All right. Um, so basically, um, this interview that I had today was with uh, King Solo. Um, this episode was called King's Corner. Make sure you guys tune into that. Um, you guys can also head over to theminkshow.com um, so you guys can um, read the article for it. And um, again, um, it was a dope. I thought it was a very good um, interview. Um, was very, very helpful. Um, I was very helpful in making sure that, you know, she got her stuff together. Um, you know, of course, artwork, etc. everything by moi. And again, uh, mixradio.com, you guys can head over there and take a look at the article. And of course, if you guys go over to your Spotify or any type of distribution links, you guys will definitely see that the um, episode is up and you guys can play it now. So again, um, I thank you guys. I'm going to have another um, every Friday. I'm going to be doing a drop. Um, you guys can uh, catch me on Mondays on um, the Random Talk and Indie Music Show with my homie, I'm um, 759. Um, shout out to 759 and um, that's a Rizzle that's a Rizzle wrap and I will see you guys next week if you guys have any questions you guys can reach out to me submissions at mixradio.com again submissions at mixradio.com I look forward to um, email, uh, speaking to you guys and if, again like I said if you have any questions reach out to me but thank you enjoy your evening enjoy your weekend and stay out of trouble <laughs>